Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Last Looks. In the movie business, that's what you say just before the cameras are going to be turned on. Something that makeup artists get very used to hearing. With this particular theme, we're talking about the many looks that we share with others. Loved ones, friends, foes, and strangers. Looks of love, looks of goodbye, the look of success, the look of murder, and the look of death in these podcast stories. First, a vintage find is the perfect killer fit. Next, best friends part ways forever. After that, new life is breathed into an ancient flora. And finally, we listen to one last concerto. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then... I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. So, wanna hear something scary? Killer Threats There are many ominous sayings that people say. Dead men tell no tales. Death is the great leveler. Give the devil his due. There are consequences to our actions, so listen to that little voice inside because someone is watching, waiting, someone knows. Like in this tale about a dress to die for. Most people get buried in black when they die, maybe white. I've already found the dress I wish to be buried in, and it happens to be blood red. My college friends used to drag me along to go thrift shopping. I'm a bigger girl, so I rarely found anything except a few accessories. But when we got to the shop that day and saw the dress, not stuffed within the racks, but hanging boldly on a mannequin, I knew it was meant for me. It fit like a dream. When I looked into the changing room mirror, I could hardly believe it. That was me and not some model. I twirled laughing and for a split second, I actually thought I saw someone else's reflection, fiercely smiling, staring at me, standing in the exact spot I was. I stopped, gasping. 
then felt my face stretch into a smile. My usual shy and anxious self disappeared like smoke. In this dress, I could do anything. Need. A soft voice whispered, and it seemed like the crimson fabric I wore momentarily tightened around me. I swallowed around the four-leaf clover necklace I always wore for luck. Crimson and clover, just like the old song. I don't know what came over me, but before I knew what my fingers were doing, I downloaded the dating app all my friends were on and uploaded a selfie of me in the dress from the popcorn-like glow of the fitting room. Within minutes, my notifications were ding, ding, dinging all over the place. But one reply stood out in particular. Crimson and clover, smiley face, Ethan. I wore the dress right out of the store. It felt like it wanted me to. He was nearby. We'd meet for coffee and see where it went from there. As I pushed open the cafe door, a soft voice giggled in anticipation. Ethan wasn't put off by my wearing the same outfit from the photo. To the contrary, he said that in it, I looked like his first love. Usually, something like that is a flag redder than my dress, but this time, I felt compelled to stay. Ethan was charming, wore Coke bottle glasses, and was absolutely interested in my story, which I told him on our second date that same night over Italian food at a romantic hotspot he chose. I felt almost outside of myself, like my usual introverted self was getting an extroverted kick from the dress. Walking beside him after dinner and the reflection of the restaurant windows, I couldn't even recognize myself. My reflection looked like a stranger, a sinister, smiling stranger, the same face from earlier. I wobbled, gaping at the window. Ethan looked curiously at me. Shaking my head, I heard myself respond, just had a bit too much wine. He smiled, very pleased about that. Another red flag I would have normally heeded, but somehow not tonight. And I was hit by deja vu as he angled me towards a discreet path on our after-dinner walk. I'd never been this way before, but I knew it. The path felt oddly familiar. At times, it seemed like I was leading him. We stopped at the same time, sitting on a dimly lit bench. Very intense now, Ethan gripped my hands, gushing how he knew it was fate from the moment he saw my picture, that this was destiny, just like last time. Normally, that would be my cue to leave, but that same soft voice sharply urged, closer, as I felt the fabric of my dress rustle hungrily around me. Distracted by that, I didn't notice Ethan scooting over, swooping in for a kiss. As he leaned in, I saw it. Something reflected in his glasses. Someone, a woman around my age and body type, except ravaged by decay. She smiled wider, the closer he got, her dry lips cracking open around her rotted teeth, black holes where her eyes had rested. I took in a breath to scream, but Ethan's lips captured mine. He went stiff and cold, like he tasted death on my lips. I knew he wanted to recoil, we both did, but something held us there. Then suddenly, I was free. I fell back off the bench, gasping, and I saw her, saw them. Ethan's hands flailing in the air and her, a ghastly decaying figure, smiling lips pressed to his, rotten hands squeezing his throat. She shuddered and sucked in as I blacked out. The next thing I recall is waking up in my bed and seeing Ethan on the news. 24 hours had passed. He had been found dead in the exact spot he'd taken me to. A second body was found buried just feet away. The body of Ethan's last girlfriend, Claire, who'd been missing for over a year. Claire's picture flashed up on the screen and I felt my stomach drop. There she was, the same woman I saw that night wearing my red dress. I ran to my closet and saw it hanging there. 
For the first time, it just looked like an ordinary piece of clothing until another date app notification rang on my phone. I realized it wasn't just a dress. Claire's murdered spirit lived within this dress, and even though her killer Ethan had been taken care of, her spirit hungered still, hungered for others like him. Need. A soft voice called over to me. I thought of every time I had to be hyper alert while on a date, or just existing in public, and how it would help the common good to just take out some of the trash that made the rest of us fearful. The rotten apples. Oh yes, I would help her, because this wasn't just justice, it was revenge. And this time, revenge was best served in red. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. There are many stories of Striga throughout history, the shape-shifting witches of legend. We go to Albania for this story, inspired by sender Notorious Dreams 01. They were telling scary stories when they summoned me. Girls, no older than 18, on their way to a new chapter in their lives, but tonight they were seeking occult thrills, holding a sleepover in a boarded-up cottage, old wooden floors, walls built of stones. It rested abandoned near my forest dwelling. I heard them call to me. Striga, the girls whispered among their friends. It had been so long since I had company, it was kind of nice. I almost decided to let them all live. The girl who beckoned me continued her tale over candles, huddled with her friends. It was nearing the witching hour on a night like this, she said, her eyes filled with excitement. The Striga was cast out of her village for consorting with demons for power. She would use that power over children so she could lure them and drain their blood. Another girl sighed. <sighs> Come on, Luletta. Tell us something scarier. Vampires aren't scary. Cindy is already lost in conversation texting her boyfriend, and this mobile golf game I'm playing is more gripping than this. Roz, don't be rude. Everyone gets a turn to tell a story. A girl with spirited energy spoke up. We're here for one last night together before we go to different schools. I just wish we could be this way forever. So everyone, just listen, please. Bethsaida has a point, said Cindy, shrugging and put her phone away. Even though I agree, vampires aren't scary. Little did they know that I welcome a challenge. 
I focused my gaze on the storyteller, shape-shifting into the form of a bee. I swept into her hair and stung her, infusing my spirit into her body. She didn't have a moment to react. It was time to tell them my story myself, I thought, taking control of their Lulietta's mind. She is a witch, too. Using Lulietta to speak for me, her eyes began to roll. The Striga steals the energy of children at night. She would drain them of their blood. Their essence gives her power. Her eyes rolled completely back. What's wrong, Lulietta? asked Beshena, alarmed as she got closer to her friend, and I buzzed around them. The vessel I was inhabiting began to shake. Cindy moved closer to my vessel. Seizing the opportunity, I flew over to her, shape-shifting back into my true form. My long hair whipped around them all as I enshrouded the girls in my floating darkness. Bearing my fangs, I sank them into Cindy. I sighed as her invigorating blood filled me. I dropped her body and descended on Roz as Uyeta, my puppet, held down Beshena. When I was done draining Roz, leaving her comatose and close to death, I fixed my sights on Beshena. Staring back at me, she began reciting a passage of the Quran. Clever girl, I thought, as my mental grip on Lulietta loosened. This girl was quick and had a power that radiated and called to me. Leave my friends alone, she cried sweeping down to her and laying next to her nose to nose while she struggled against her friend, my puppet. She stared back, afraid, but brave. I decided to make her the offer. Dear sweet child, didn't you say you wished you could be this way forever? Become Striga. Youth, unlimited power, but more importantly, it's the only way to save your friends. Beshena looked down at her friends. If I agree, you promise to spare them, to leave their fate up to me. Caressing her neck as I got closer, I nodded. She nodded back at me and looked away, her eyes shut tight. I bit down on her neck, her blood, an elixir unlike anything I'd ever tasted. The power. Cutting into my arm, I fed her my blood. The transformation shook the girl to her core, and she crossed over quicker than I'd ever seen. It was as if she'd become a master of the death that would have befallen her. I'll leave you here. If you wish to learn from me, you must feed, and then find me in the forest. Shapeshifting into the form of a moth, I flitted away and hid to watch what happened next. I snapped Luletta out from under my hold. She had been aware of everything, silly girl, but had been unable to control her own body. Typical, I thought, as she cried pathetically, <laughs> begging her best friend to stay. Beshena looked down at her. Her eyes darkened with the hungry power seething inside of her, wanting more, wanting to learn how to wield the magics inside. She looked down on her friend. I am Strega now, and you will be my first meal. Thank you, Notorious Dream 01. 
There have been a number of Striga stories that have been submitted, but your one of the Albanian Striga very much inspired us. And I wonder for those out there, if you did end up having an unlimited ultimate power like this, how true would you stay to your friends? Maybe we can't really answer that until we're standing in Bethshana's shoes. Humans are curious by nature. Ambition and experimentation are part of that deal. In this botany tale inspired by Anastasia, we're going to stop and smell the roses. Greenhouse B, Log 13. Dr. Jackson and I continue to have small breakthroughs with the plants. It's not enough. The endangered Amazonian orchid is responding well to the artificial cell boost for accelerated growth. They're weak, but growing. But the near-extinct blue-stem bromeliads don't seem to be responding. Without some response from them, we'll run out of funding by the end of the month. Dr. Jackson has resigned himself to failure. Unlike him, I don't have a cushy, tenured position to go back to, so I took some measures last week. I suggested changing a number of unimportant factors, which, unbeknownst to Dr. Jackson, he approved my genetic splicing experiment that I mentioned in an earlier entry. I've spliced a number of the bromeliads with the genetically altered orchids in hopes that it will jumpstart some growth. Please, God, let this work. The smell of my spliced bromeliads is so intoxicating. We'll check back in over the next week. Greenhouse B, log 20. This is incredible. Dr. Jackson called me early in the morning to get me to the greenhouse. The orchids have grown to the size of small trees. The blue stem bromeliads are not only showing rapid growth, but my genetically altered brahms have also cross-pollinated with the rest of the orchids. The pollen hangs thick in the air whenever one of us approaches. It's intoxicating. I hypothesize that the rapid growth genes are being filtered and distilled to a pure form within each plant. It's absolutely unbelievable. The new growth patterns have them stretching all over the walls and floors. Dr. Jackson doesn't believe that the changes he approved before could be responsible for this. He's right. I hope he won't be a problem. The diversification has created something stronger. This could help me make a real name for myself. Greenhouse B, Log 24. For the sake of honesty and record keeping, I must admit there's been some contamination that I didn't include in my other entries. My genetically altered Brahms sprouted thorns, and Dr. Jackson had nicked his hand on one of them. When I woke up this morning, after smelling my Brahms like I do every morning now, I found him in the green room, rubbing at his hand again, rubbing the wound that refused to heal after three days. With a cry, he tore off his bandage. It looked even more swollen than before. As we watched, the discoloration in the skin of his hand began to move, spreading quickly to the rest of his hand and up his arm where it stopped. Within the wound, a green leaf sprouted. He kept muttering to himself that this couldn't be happening. While he was distracted, I injected him with a sedative. 
It felt like the flowers approved as they released another spray of pollen onto me. I'm monitoring him now and taking copious notes. This mutation is fascinating. And honestly, what's one human life when we, when I could get credit for bringing back extinct flora? Greenhouse B, log 33. Dr. Jackson has now fully decomposed into the plants. Vines erupted from his chest and bowels. They were feeding off of him like he was fertilizer. His clothes lay to the side of his composting stump and he looked peaceful. I'm proud of him. Proud of his sacrifice to them, to our family. As I type in this entry, I've removed all the filters that the facility placed on this greenhouse and opened the doors. It's time for our family to be free. It's time for the pollen to go out into the world. The changing agent was in the pollen all along, not just in the thorns, although the thorns make the transformation occur quicker. I can see the discoloration of my fingers spreading up into the rolled sleeves of my lab coat. Constantly hacking and spitting up green masses now, I still laugh as I look at all the lush life around me. It beckons me to become one with it. This work is worth dying for, worth evolving for, and soon everyone will be a part of keeping it growing. Thank you, Anastasia, for inspiring this pretty chilling tale. I'm going to think twice the next time I walk through somebody else's garden. Love is like a song that can never be forgotten. In this story, inspired by Amelie, a woman will do anything to keep her wife's dream alive. No one can play the piano like my loving wife Yasmin, Maria thought. Returning home from a business trip, she could hear Yasmin's music echoing through their home. Though Yasmin had to retire from playing professionally due to chronic health issues, she would play something for Maria whenever she returned home from a long trip. Wherever Yasmin is, home and beauty are. I am the luckiest woman alive, she thought to herself. Maria, is that you? She called, and Maria smiled, racing to her side. Stop playing if you are hurting, my sweet, she pleaded, pulling Yasmin's hair behind her ear and planted a long kiss on her face. She'd been gone too long without her scent and her touch. I love you, she purred back. I've been practicing for months. I don't know if I'll be ready for father's birthday party, though. She stared melancholic into the distance. You will be ready, and I will do whatever you need to help, Maria promised. Leaving her to her craft, she went to unpack her things and get dinner ready. On the kitchen table was rotting food, barely eaten. What a mess, she tisked to herself. Just like these artistic types, to not think to throw something away. I've only been gone for a week this time, and clearly Yasmin has missed my cooking. While she made Yasmin's favorite meal, she hummed along as her love tested out another piano solo. Sneaking in behind her with the tray, Maria cleared her throat. Dinner, darling? but it was almost as if she couldn't hear her. Arranging her tray behind her, Maria went to check the mail. They had quite the stack. Tisk, she thought. 
just like these artistic types to never check the mail. She shrugged, sifting out the important notices. Afterwards, she drew Yasmin a bath. That was her favorite way to relax after composing or playing music. Thank you for coming back in time. Yasmin soaked in bubbles as Maria cleaned her face with a soft cloth. Of course, as if I would miss your father's birthday. The piece you've written will be the best gift ever. When they arrived at her parents' home the next night, they sneaked in through the side door to get to the library where Yasmin's family piano sat. She wanted her gift to be a surprise and was wary about having an audience since she hadn't played publicly in so long. You'll be fine, Maria assured her. It doesn't matter if it isn't perfect. Yasmin cut her off. It matters to me. Her eyes stared unblinkingly into Maria's. Nobody can come in while I play. Just make sure everyone listens from the other room. Maria, promise me. And Maria promised. Tisk, she thought to herself. These artistic types can be so adorable. Maria moved everyone at the party to the parlor adjacent to the library. They stood there as Yasmin began to play. Her music stirred the souls of everyone in that room. Her father stood there driven to the point of tears. With a final flourish of the piano, she was done. Her father called out to Yasmin to join them, but she did not answer. Standing, wiping proud tears from his face, he pulled the connecting sliding door wide open. At the piano sat Yasmin, a mummified, stiff corpse. Her face was sunken, her skin tight to the bone and her hair in patches. She had been dead for months. People were either in shock or began to panic and scream in horror. Everyone, except Maria, who rushed to her love cheering. Brava, brava, my beautiful, talented darling. I'm so proud of you. As they watched Maria gently hold their daughter's corpse, Yasmin's mother heard her husband shudder. Who, who was playing the piano? This week's podcast stories were edited by Chris Courtney Martin, Marquia McCarty, and Sabina Graves. Audio edited by Fitz Harris. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.